Okay, welcome back everybody to the 86th episode of the My Generation podcast. On today's episode of the show, we're going to be speaking with A. Lewis. He is a critically acclaimed singer and songwriter based in Kent in the UK, deeply rooted in the richness of words, love, truth, and hope. In this music creating process episode we're going to be going through aids inspirations what got him into music his journey and where he is going next like we do with a few of the other music creating episodes we've had here on the my generation podcast uh, you can go to our youtube if you want to look at a playlist full of all of the different musical artists we've had on the show as well and uh, if you're watching along on YouTube, uh, you'll be able to see timestamps all across the screen to different parts of the podcast if there is an area of AIDS story that interests you specifically. And as always on the My Generation podcast, every single Thursday, we have our weekly features of Sammy Bacon's album reviews, Harry Monday's film reviews, Emma Cusson brings us one of her poems from her personal collection, Joe brings us one of his video game reviews, and Tom Axel does another one of his crazy wildcard pirate facts and pro. So you'll be able to hear a story of old from Tom towards the end of the show. All that great stuff to come. But firstly, we're going to go to Aid. And uh, Aid has released two albums. The debut album, Empathy and Ecstasy. It tells a story of life's experiences that are blissfully and at times painfully relatable. And his latest project, BU, is out now. Links will all be down in the description to BU so you can listen to all his new stuff by going to his website. It'll be the top link in the description. It's a 10-track album. Uh, it's sure to please your ears. It's, a, it's got a very retro and modern mix to it as well with a mix of instruments, AIDS lyrics throughout. They're extremely raw. And that's something I noticed from listening to a lot of his music. So I'm going to ask him a lot about his lyrical inspiration. But firstly, welcome to the show, AID. Hey, thank you so much for inviting me on it. It's a pleasure to be involved in this. Thank you very much for coming on, Aid. It's a pleasure to have you on. The pleasure's all mine. In today's episode, like you know, with every music creating episode, we try to get behind the scenes of what it's like being a musician, getting into the head of different genres. And um, Aid, I usually love to start with, uh, where did your love and passion for music first come from? Mine was actually weirdly quite late on. It wasn't something that was... Uh... I guess I was born into. Mine was probably about 15 years old and it was um, the first time my dad said, you're going to have to stop listening to, to the kind of music I was listening to and come to Glastonbury. Um, once I went there, that opened up my eyes to a lot of things, but mainly just different types of music on all spectrums and all kinds of people were just, just it just brought everybody together. Um, that was that was the main thing that took my strike into uh, to music. And um, when obviously going to Glastonbury, that's a massive event. You're going to be seeing loads of names. Uh, who were some of your biggest inspirations then when you were there? Well, to be honest, as I said, I mean, I, I actually did not know a lot of the bands. My music growing up was very, um, it was grime related, hip hop related, I guess, um, chart stuff. Um, and when I went to Glastonbury, the first band that took me were, um, it was Mumford and Sons just before they'd got, um, I guess, blew up. And it was only really Little Lion Man that was out um, that people knew. And I went to see it and I was just like, this is, yeah, this is something special here. And what was it about their sort of style of music then that sort of drew you? What was so specific to this that you maybe hadn't got from um, the music that you listened to growing up? I guess just how much fun they were having. Um, also putting such a, a positive message um, across through music whilst, you know, just being with four guys, acoustic instruments on stage, 
and just singing their songs and having fun with it. It, it was quite a, a contagious feeling to uh, to watch. And and I couldn't agree more that that kind of echoes in in empathy and ecstasy listening through. It's a very sort of it's a calm and relaxing experiential listen. Is a lot of the the stories that have come up in throughout the album and and the sort of messages you're conveying are they from sort of personal life experiences? Yeah, I, I would always say um, every, every song is um, is always personal and something that um, I guess it's a it's a form of expressing myself in perhaps a way that I can't often in day-to-day life. It's somewhere you can lock behind a door and just kind of get everything out. And, you know, it's so um, incredible when people can relate to that. And, um, you know, when you've been in an unusual place and it's gone into music, that's the most powerful thing, the relation and the conversations and the people that you meet along the way of it. And it's always very interesting to me when, you know, you you sit down to write an, an album what yeah. comes first like we've had so many people on this um on this show talk about how you know it starts with just a riff or it starts from a memory and i wanted to know from you with the the writing of this album like you said so much of it coming from your personal experience where, where do you usually begin a song does it start from your personal experience or does it start from you just getting a, a melody in your head or is it sometimes a mix of both I guess it can be everything, but to scale down on the question, I mean, it always comes from, I travelled for five years um, on and off, so living in different countries and experience all of those things, I was just observing, um, and I think that's where the first inspiration comes from. There's something that will just hit you or touch you, it could be a moment, something sad, something happy, and I guess it just kind of forms... A, a reaction or, or, or a triggered memory in your brain or a feeling that feels familiar. And it's a case of nailing that and putting that into the song. But I would always say that lyrics come first as opposed to melodies and stuff. They, they, it can work both ways, but it's predominantly uh, lyrics for me. And I found it great what you said there just about the um, the connections you've made from traveling and, and just watching the world. Uh, what, what's yeah. quite interesting about that is you said earlier about how communication and meeting people is something that's qu- clearly quite important in your life. And I know that there's such a strong uh, music creating community in Kent. We've got, you know, the the um, Kent Musicians Notice Board on Facebook uh, for Kent. You've got so many places to meet people. There, there might be uh, musicians listening to this aid who um, want to know how to connect and meet with other artists. Has, has there been a way that you found um, really soothing and, and, and wonderful for you to connect with other artists as you go on your journey? I mean, for me personally, I mean, when, when I first started, it was just, you know, it was open mic, open mic, open mic, open mic. Can I potentially get a gig out of this? Excellent. And just building it up that way. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some incredible platforms for social media. I'm just much more of a a face value person. Um, You know, it's just a lot more personable for me to, to experience meeting people in real life than it is on social media, but there's incredible forums. And as you said, on, on pages and stuff like that, where, you can literally cater your every needs to what you're looking for and find it with other people, which is incredible. 
And you're clearly such, as you said, a physical person. You like to be there in person doing the work. And obviously lockdown has sort of hit two of the two of the biggest things for you, those in-person performances and the travel that's clearly such a massive part of your life. How over yeah. the sort of period of lockdown uh, did you sort of keep positive? Because obviously you've released Be You and all your music comes with that such positive message. How did you keep all that going through lockdown? I, I think I'd be speaking, you know, not only on behalf of myself, but everybody, that it's been a complete up and down. To say it's it's been a smooth running, I, I don't think that that's ever accurate. But for us personally, I, you know, just being in touch with the, the other band members as well and seeing how they were getting on, you know, a lot of them, you know, this is this is our full-time profession. This is how we earn money. So to have no gigs, that's, that's it. That's income done. So a lot of us took on jobs and stuff, and I just thought... For everybody's well-being and, you know, we've got some fantastic songs there. We haven't really had the full chance to, to give them a go because we've been touring and gigging and whatnot. Um, and that was a perfect opportunity to bring everybody together and um, get that album done. And I think it, 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 it's just got that feeling of how we were. You know, it was very chilled out. We were just grateful to be able to pick up an instrument with other people and play. Um, and I think that's really kind of hit off and rubbed off on on the album and the feel of it and obviously live music is now gradually coming back into our lives and um you know with venues being able to do sort of outdoor performances have you and the band been now sort of re-engaging in that as as the live music scene sort of starts to open up yeah i mean we've done very limited events due to obviously the size of our band in general um we're a six piece so I mean, that is technically illegal with new guidelines now. Um, but for us, we've done a couple of festivals, which was just, once again, we were just grateful to be able to play. Um, there's still uncertainty amongst everybody. And uh, we've done a few um, stripped back solo stuff. But, you know, we've been trying to get the album launched together, but we've just put that on hold because, you know, the main thing for us is to bring people together, not separate them apart. So if that means that we have to wait a little while, then, you know, so be it. And, and and obviously in relation to government rules, um, we're recording this episode as of the 16th of September uh, 2020. So you've got the context whenever you're listening, whether it's five months from now or 20 years um, as to what the government, what the government guidelines are with, um, you know, with six people. But, um, you know, obviously when we're in lockdown and when we're unable to, you know, go out and experience the music as much, it brings back that sense of nostalgia and we can revisit old memories. So, in a moment, I'm going to be asking Aid uh, what's been his favourite live performance that him and the band have done. But before we do that, we're going to be going to Sammy Bacon and Harry Monday. So if um, you're ready to hear Aid's story about that, come back in just a moment. We've got these brilliant weekly features here on the My Generation podcast. They've been going since March with Sammy. Every single week, he has shared an album review. And here is the album that Sammy would love to share with you all this week. Uh, hello, everyone. Hope you're doing well this week. After the Gold Rush by Neil Young. This is um, just a classic folk and country album. It's it's one of my favourite albums of all time. Uh, If you don't know Neil Young, Neil Young is a singer, songwriter, legend from uh, Canada. And uh, After the Gold Rush is just uh, a beautiful album. It opens with... uh, Tell Me Why! (laughs) It opens with... And then it goes into the song After the Gold Rush, which is um, this beautiful piano-led track that is 
just one of the most beautiful songs of all time. It has rockier songs on there too, like um, Southern Man and um, Don't Let It Bring You Down. And then, yeah, it's become one of those albums where each time I listen to it, I have a new favourite track. I'm kind of, uh, yeah, Till the Morning Comes is also a beautiful song. Tell Me, uh, Only Love Can Break Your Heart is a bit of a soppy, um, cliche song, but it's also just great at the same time uh, and the, the whole album is just brilliant Neil Young is amazing listen to this listen listen to Tonight's the Night and listen to Harvest yeah Neil Young man forever off the gold rush bye thank you for that Sammy and once again we'll tune in with Sammy once again next week for his next album review if you've got an album you would love Sammy to listen to please let us know in the comments and hopefully he'll be able to review it sometime later on in the show please get all your thoughts in and if you've heard any of the albums that Sammy's recommended again once again put that in the comments we'd love to hear whether you're listening on YouTube SoundCloud or on Spotify and now before we go back to Aid to ask him about his favourite live performance he's done with his band we're going to be going to Harry Monday. Every single week, he's a film student in Canterbury. He brings us a film review. And here is the film Harry would love to share with you all this week. This week's film recommendation is probably one you've already heard of. And just to get out of the gate, it is the Netflix original Extraction. Now, we live in a sort of age where the action movies are coming into a new renaissance after the John Wick series of movies has just redefined how to do action in movies. And Extraction is the next step towards that new age, where John Wick decided to add more flashy lights and a more neon synth background element to it to make it a bit more stylized. Extraction just removes that and brings it back to the action and brings it back to the gunfight. It's just the simple story of an Afghan soldier rescuing an Indian child in the middle of what is a war zone, essentially. And to still even have an ending to what this day that I find dramatic and I still shed a tear to is immense. So this week's film recommendation is Extraction. And thank you for that, Harry. Once again, tuning with Harry next week to find out what his next film review is. Every week, Harry obviously brings in a plethora of different films from art house, indie cinema to mainstream as well. So you're getting an eclectic mix every Thursday. Now stay tuned later on in the show for three of our other weekly features. We have Emma Cusson's poetry readings, Joe Finnegan's video game reviews, and Tom Axtell's pirate profiles. But we're going straight back to Aid now. And uh, Aid. The question I alluded to before we went to Sammy, um, what do you think for you has been your favourite live performance you've done with the band and what was it about that day that was so special? I would say it was our Pizza Express gig um, at Maidstone in the live room. Um, We've done quite a few there and unfortunately it's closed down. Um, But it was one of those venues that everybody just came together. It just had that perfect, intimate, candlelit vibe. Um, And yeah, everyone's just happy to to kind of be there but that was our favorite one absolutely i think that it really suits your band's style because listening to the song uh, if i close my eyes i kind of get that candle light vibe going on in my head when i listen to your music and i'm sure if you guys go as i said at the start of this first thing in the description you can go to aid's website and find the music for his band and you'll probably get that same feeling is is that sort of um again going back to um how you write your songs is feeling something that's quite essential to you in your process um 
it, it's, it's, it's such a weird thing. I mean, as we kind of discussed earlier, it, it's, it's just something that triggers. You can never predict it. Um, you know, I, I know everybody has their different things, but I, I don't really force anything with my songs. Hence why there's been quite a large gap between the albums. It just comes when it comes. I quite like, you know, I'm, the, I'm creating something that's already, it's already there. It's just putting the pieces together. Um, yeah, it's quite. I've evaded that question. Quite <laughs> <a little bit. laughs> yeah, I don't no. think I was that direct. <laughs> uh, it's all good. Well, it's it's a, it's a tough question to describe feelings sometimes. Very like, tough. Yeah, you're yeah. doing your job great. <laughs> <laughs> we ask the tough questions here on the show. Uh, well, um, obviously, you've got two albums, and you mentioned there that um, there was a large gap between them. So, I would love to sort of know what sort of strides or differences that have changed um, from, you know, empathy and X that have gone into BU what have been some of the key evolutions you've made as an artist I, I, I guess inspiration I mean um, yeah I, I'm 27 years old and that you know to some people especially a, a lot of the people who come and support our shows you know I'm, I'm still technically seen as a baby um, <laughs> so it's the, the five years I spent traveling were kind of the courage and confidence I needed to, I guess it was a vulnerability to put everything out into a song. Um, and I guess that strength grew into be you, but it was just inspiration last, um, well, the years ago, album was um, released. I was slowly coming out of a relationship, whereas this album, I've been in a relationship, we've traveled, we've had experience. I've had some incredible opportunities with music that I've pursued. So in that inspiration, which it takes a long time to, when you're aiming for something, you kind of just go, 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 go. There's not a whole bunch of time to actually sit back and observe. I had that with the traveling, but I haven't had that for a while. It's kind of been music for the last three years. Um, and with all that, I guess it's just maturing um, finding a sound and it's still testing the waters with you know what other people like as well as not just what we're creating because they're the ones who who fill the seats up and you know they up the streams and support everything else so it's kind of a communal um, it feels like a family almost yeah and, and what's so interesting about that is you're almost getting you at two different points of your life with um like you said about you know coming out of a relationship and all this travel and how it's changed you it's 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 like a, a time stamp of uh, this is where you were and this is where you are now uh, i'd be very interested to know where, where you traveled actually to get all this inspiration for the new album yeah sure so um i've been to vietnam three times um thailand we've done cambodia um, I lived in Australia for just under a year. Um, Kuala Lumpur, we were there. Bali. It was kind of mainly around Southeast Asia with the people I met along the way. I'm, I lived with in Australia. I've been there three or four, five times now. Um, kind of done a camper van um, trip up the East Coast, which was amazing. Um, and that's, that's, where it, that's where my time is to soak in what's happened. Um, so that's where... I guess all the songs and everything kind of, I guess that they, they morph their foundations and it's only until they come back into the studio where they find their, their true feet. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more about the the passion behind um, you know camper van travel as well. My, me and my family, we used to have a seventy three Westphalia that we used to take all over the place, and they are they are beautiful things. So if if anyone's listening is interested in buying a camper van, go do it because they will yeah. be the best time of your life. I mean, uh, what 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 drew you to to Southeast Asia? Then was it the you know the culture or just finding a completely different place to your experience? I, I think it was when I was 16, I, um, I trained as a chef um, and that became a full-time career pretty quickly. So I guess I kind of skipped the whole going out, partying on the weekends, the friends, oh, do you want to come out? Do you want to come out? And just constantly saying no. It forces this whole thing of where people withdraw from you because they feel that you're not interested. Not that it's just I started early with work, you know. Um, and by the time I was 20, I'd worked every weekend, Christmas, New Year. And um, I, I, just from that moment, I was like, you know what? There, there's more. There has to be something more to it than this. Because, you know, I've got all this money. This is great. But what do I do with it? Um, and that's, that's just what drew me to Vietnam. I wanted to go somewhere on my own and throw myself out of a comfort zone. I didn't realise how much of a comfort zone I was throwing myself out of. Um, you know, living here in Kent, I live in the middle of nowhere. We're surrounded by fields. And to go in the middle of Vietnam, I, I don't think I actually spoke for two days. I was just watching wow. and trying to work out how to cross the road with 20 million motorcycles coming towards you. It, it's so interesting that yeah because as a man who has never lived outside of Kent I you know when I have friends from university coming in from all over the world you do get a little slice of of somewhere completely different and uh, I mean it's interesting you said about solo traveling because one of the first episodes we did of the show I mean this is episode 86 I'm throwing it back to like episode 10 or episode 9 we had Mike yep. on the show and he talked about solo traveling for that whole episode so if this is a part of aid story you're interested in you'll love that entire episode with mike and um for him he talked about couch surfing and what what importance that had for him um, but what did you because you were taking a more observational approach um what was some of the key things that you did to make solo traveling an enjoyable experience Honestly, I think it was just being absolutely overwhelmed with the fact that everything we were taught how to eat, how to speak, how to, I guess, have manners, just everything that you kind of brought up with, you know, in a, in a normal Kent family. And then to go somewhere where, okay, the language doesn't work here. Okay, the, the manners don't work here and everything's backwards. I was fascinated with culture, not only with the food, um, with the culture and I just wanted to observe I just wanted to watch I was so intrigued with how I guess that they were living and that you know the, the I guess the general observation I took from all of my years of traveling is people are just doing things for their family they just want to have food on their table and a, and a roof over their head it doesn't matter what kind of background you come from that's the main thing that we all have in common um, and I, I was just very humbled by all of my experiences in being uh, in poverty, places where there was no electricity. We broke down in, in the middle of the mountain about three o'clock in the morning. We thought we were being murdered, but they were actually just giving us a roof over our heads so we could sleep until the morning until it was light. And we woke up and they were fixing our bikes in the morning. And I was like, these, these guys, you know, hardly had any electricity, no money. There was nothing there, but they 
givers all of this. How can I go back home and get angry when I'm sat in traffic? It's a, it's a weird complex, um, but also a humbling experience. Wow. Well, I mean, hey, this feels like a podcast topic in of itself. That's <laughs> it's, uh, incre- incredibly humbling um, to, to hear all that as well, because, yeah, it, that perspective has got to have made its way into the album. So when you're listening to Be You, um, please, guys, it's, it's interesting to bear this in mind. This is where a lot of the album came from. And, yeah, for, for me, that perspective, if living in Kent my entire life and not going out outside of it beyond uh, holidays um, in summer, it's, you know, you do get into a bubble of where you live. And I find that very fascinating that you took such a long break. And, and how long did you travel for? It was about five years, did you say? It was five years on and off. The longest I was away was nearly a year, and that was when I moved to uh, Melbourne in Australia. And, and did um, along any of these travels, did you get to share your music with, with locals as well? Yeah. Um, once again, it, it was so bizarre. I was so obsessed with just observing. It wasn't music had just kind of started, but it wasn't something that really came into conversation. But in Australia, I had a good, um, I had a good couple of shows out there um, towards the end of the... Um, been there five times sorry so the last time we were out there there was a couple of gigs that came up which was great to play um but that was it really it's just always been about you know it's quite nice to kind of switch off a little bit if it comes up in conversation of course you you go back into the right okay i need to promote myself here this is an opportunity but at the end of the day it's just so nice to kind of people take you for face value they have no idea what you do um and it's just great to see where the, those conversations and also friendships can lead amazing and and just a the last traveler question i'm going to ask before we move into our next three features um i mean like, like with the episode that we had with mike um all you know many moons ago uh, one of the key mm. questions i think listeners who maybe are interested in solo traveling have a you know what are the you know the things to look out for because solo traveling can be quite a daunting thing uh, is there maybe one or two key lessons that you picked up from solo traveling that you wish you knew before you'd set off yeah um the first one is once you book it that's the easy part once you get to the airport you'll be filled with fear dread and all these things but you have to ride it out because that is just a part of your brain which is set up to protect you um but every single person i spoke to who i met the first time round, all said that we felt sick and we were scared at the airport. Um, but the fact that we followed that through and just continued to face fears, I think opened up so many opportunities and just great friendships and just, yeah, memories that I guess will be with me for life, you know? Beautiful. Well, yeah, if you're listening, I mean, we were talking about music creating process, but if you're interested in solo traveling, aid we, is we the mix it up. Yeah, <laughs> we love a wild tangent on the show. Always, always. Now we're going to go back to aid in just a moment as we start to wrap up the show. Um, what I want to move into next is the sort of next objectives for the band, both short term and long term, where he's going next. So you can keep following along with this journey and what aid plans to do with the, you know, the six piece band going forward. But before we do so every week on the show, we have the three newest editions these new features have only been with us for about a month and a half now so they're still relatively new on the show so please do let us know in the comments what you think of all the brand new features we have here on the podcast and someone else who comes to us with a um, you know very calm you know relaxed experiential vibes on the show is emma cusson every single week she brings us a poem from her personal collection and here is the poem that emma would love to share with you all this week dust It paves these streets and it evolves into molecules in the air. It collects in the cracks between us that we couldn't reach to clean away, and now it's just too much to bear. 
I said I needed to leave to start my life over. 6,075 miles just because I couldn't stand your stupid smile anymore. I can slightly remember the smell of your hands as they waltzed across my body and now the memory just feels like a steering wheel crushing my bones. 6,075 miles. Canterbury to Chennai. I would get high. Chennai to Madurai. I slowly forgot your goodbye. Madurai to Dindigul. Dindigul. Scrap that. Was it matter where I am? But for the record, I was studying in Gandigram. I wasn't thinking about you. Such as my pale skin stuck out amongst the high melanin crowds. I was out of place, yet I felt embrace. I wasn't thinking about you. Colourful houses stuck out amongst the desolate flat plains. We were one of the same and it was stranger than earth, but still. I wasn't thinking about you. The only reasons you spoke was the state that you're mine, and this divine design you had in your mind about us being entwined was lost. In the noise. You was perfectly poised and sure of yourself, but I bottled it all up and stored it away on our mantelpiece, 6,075 miles away. We're not breathing the same air, but I knew you cared. I said... We're not breathing the same air, but at least I tried, and even throughout my doubt, you wouldn't leave my side, and now you're the only thing I bet on I'd lose before my mind. And thank you for that, Emma. Thank you for sharing a poem from your collection with us. Uh, Emma is a poet in the Thanet in Canterbury area. She's performed at uh, Bramley's in Canterbury as well, and um, very excited to share even more stuff. You can find her at Autumn Bones on Instagram to see um, some of her photography mixed with the um, the written words of some of her poems. The um, you know we fe- feature a large selection here, but she's got even more over on her Instagram too. Next, moving on to Joe Finnegan. Every week, Joe brings us a video game review from all the consoles you know every everything you can imagine you know from retro modern pc games as well ones that go on everything you know any game under the sun joe will try and review so here is the game that joe would love to recommend for you all this week hello joe here and for the next three episodes i thought i'd do something different with my recommendations normally i try and recommend games that are available on most consoles but i thought i'd try and choose games that are exclusive to each console this time around so one game each from the nintendo switch ps4 and xbox one this episode my select game is from the nintendo switch and it is mario and rabbits this may be one of the lesser known mario titles with super mario odyssey the latest main title available on the switch but i did have a lot of fun with this one It's a turn-based strategy game in which you control a team made up of all the classic Mario characters such as Mario, Luigi, Princess Peach, mixed in with characters from the Raven Rabbit series. You take turns in combat against classic Mario and Rabbit enemies with weapons such as missile launchers or melee weapons like hammers. The game features dynamic level design and a grid-based system, so it allows you to tactically pick apart your opponent. For instance, you could flank your opponent on one side of the map or climb onto the roof of a building to get a vantage point. It's very difficult different to any other Mario game you'll have ever played, but I appreciated the attempt at making something different out of the Mario franchise. Mario Rabbids is currently available at game from £20. Back over to you, Max. And thank you for that, Joe. Once again, we will tune in with Joe next week for his next video game review. 
Joe also streams on Twitch at That's So Joe. Please go over there and follow his streams if you're fascinated about the world of video games. Uh, he plays a, a plethora of different games. He's never sticking to one consistently, so there's always something different to experience there. So like his review here on the show, always something new every week with Joe over on his stream. Go and check it out on Twitch. And our last weekly feature here on the show before we jump back into the chat with Aid and wrap up this week's episode of the show, it's Tom Axtell's Pirate Facts and Profiles. It's the wild card of the My Generation podcast. Every week, Tom Axtell, a history student in Canterbury, brings us a pirate story of old. And here is the pirate that Tom's story would love to share with you all this week. Hello and welcome to Tom's Prolific Pirate Profiles. Today we are talking about Thomas II. Thomas II arrived in Bermuda in 1692. Without much information about his youth, II probably had a wealthy family in Rhode Island. He served as a privateer on English ships and was soon made the captain of a ship called the Amity Venture. With permission from the governor of Bermuda, Thomas received permission to attack French ships and colonies along the African coast. Alongside Captain George Drew, he was meant to join the Royal Africa Company. However, after a storm damaged Drew's ship, two decided to turn to piracy. It was easy enough to persuade his crew, as the original plan didn't pay well, and was also extremely risky. With a course set for the Red Sea, two encountered a great Indian ship, which contained over 300 soldiers. Two and his crew decided to attack, and after only a short battle, two emerged victorious, and each crew member received a share of over £3,000. Discovering from those captured that the ship was part of a convoy, two were to attack further. Most of the crew disagreed, and so they sailed to Madagascar. Soon after this, two travelled back to Rhode Island and managed to obtain a pardon. After a while though, he grew bored and thought that the call to the sea was too great to resist, and he took command of a new ship and sailed towards the Red Sea. In 1695, two attacked a ship belonging to the Great Mogul, this was not as successful as the last battle, with two being mortally wounded by cannon fire. Two was disemboweled by a cannonball. Many of two's men were immediately executed, and the rest died in pr prison in India. Two's career as a pirate was short, but successful. He became known as one of the richest pirates in history, and that was the story of Thomas Two. Thank you, Tom, for this week's pirate profile here on the My Generation podcast. And, you know, please do let us know what you think of all these features. You can get in touch with the Facebook page at the My Generation podcast. If you Let us know if you're enjoying the show. Let us know um, what topics and ideas you have for future episodes so we can tailor and morph this podcast to your listening pleasure. Thank you, Tom. Looking forward to sharing all of the weekly features that we have here on the show once again, this time next Thursday at six. Now we're going back to aid to wrap up this week's episode of the show. Just got a few more questions uh, to ask about the, the direction the band's going in, in the future. And aid as we're coming out of lockdown as well, you've, you've played a few sort of small solo pieces at the minute as well. Uh, what would you say are some of the short term goals you have as a band? Um, I guess for the time being, we're, we're just trying different content out with our audience. We're still trying to build up um, that kind of audience and make sure that, you know, we're putting stuff out there during this time where people can engage and, and watch and enjoy. Um, but that, that's what we're kind of working on at the moment. We've done a load of videos that we're about to release over the next coming months um, and just testing the waters really with it all because they don't really know where everybody else is in their own heads. It's such an unusual time for everybody, you know. 
Yeah, and I think that you know, in terms of planning goals, it's great to have some in such a you know a, a crazy time where you know things are changing every week. So I know we do pre-record these slightly far ahead, but um, as of you know time of recording, it's the sixteenth. So the rules that apply here at the minute, you know, limiting social gatherings uh, yeah. to six. So it's all a bit of a crazy time still. Hopefully, you're living in a safe world whenever you are listening to this as well, whenever in the future. But um, and also. Um, if you're thinking about long-term, what would you say some of your biggest aspirations are for the band, you know, five or 10 years from now? Long-term is always our main focus. Um, and it's purely making this a sustainable career for all involved. Um, at the moment, we're kind of split between some of us do jobs, some of us do this full time. Um, but it's to make this just to get on the road. That's the main thing to travel with the music. I've traveled without the music. I've done the music without the traveling. It's now, a time to combine all those passions and just hit the road basically with our music with our songs with our stories and just connect with people and bring people together as well that's our main focus and making it a sustainable career for the future amazing well aid thank you so much for coming on the show i really appreciated speaking to you about you know your music creating process i've one last question to wrap up with it's it's the question we ask at the end of every single episode of the my generation podcast and it's what what do you think you've learned aid by um speaking about your music creating process and travel Um, what do you think you've learned just from talking in the last 40 minutes here on the podcast i think i've learned that perhaps the sound of my own voice isn't so bad <laughs> it's always it's always what no it's been a great experience and it's also it, it was something i was actually quite shy to do in fact a friend of yours on bbc kent with uh, with leo um it, he actually brought me out my show a little bit with all of these things but it's just great to do them i feel more confident and it's you've made it very soothing and uh, and it's been nice talking about myself for a little while <laughs> oh thank you well no it's a pleasure to have you on the show as always aid and as we move forward we always ask about you know long-term goals because we always want to keep covering them on the podcast so if yeah. you want to hear more about age journey it'd be lovely to bring him back on the show as you know maybe a third album comes out but you know judging by you know his schedule and release who knows when that'll be it's a mystery for all. <laughs> thank you aid well guys going forward on the my generation podcast i just wanted to tease a few more people we have coming up on the show so um one of the next episodes coming up in just two weeks is going to be aaron frith so aaron frith we had on the show actually for a music creating process not too recently he's a jazz and swing singer in harrietsham but um he was also we found out in that episode and it, this was a bit of a bombshell for me too at the time that he was an extra in the film 1917 and christopher robin he was on set on both of those films which is awesome so if you want to know what it's like being a film extra stay tuned for episode 88 because that is gonna be the one for you if you're still interested in more different musical artists and you want to hear another music creating episode uh, in about five weeks time we're going to be speaking with renegade the band that we had on very very recently um i say recently it feels like recent it's not at all it was back in january and um, we spoke about their music creating process but they've taken massive strides in um you know the last nine months and we're going to be speaking to them once again and getting an update on their situation where they're at where they're going in the future as well with some of their new music coming out and the last feature or feature last episode i'm going to be teasing to coming up is abby she is uh, learning a language she's learning the language of welsh and in the episode we talk
talk about what it's like learning a language which is uh, we're not saying is dying but a language that is uh, less spoken the importance of keeping uh, lesser known languages going and uh, what it's like to actually learn a new language as she's still fairly new to it but has made some really great strides so if you're interested in all things language the study and analysis of uh, smaller languages that is going to be the episode for you thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode of the show thank you once again aid for coming on you're more than welcome thanks so much for the opportunity and wish you the best of luck for the future man oh thank you very much aid and that is this week's episode of the show and it's a goodbye from myself and aid once again you can tune in with us next week for the next episode of the my generation podcast at thursday at 6 p.m thank you all so much for listening everyone you'll be able to find aids links all at the top of the description it'll be his website and his instagram he's extremely prevalent over there so please go follow his instagram it's where so much content's coming out every day i mean just before we started recording he was already still making videos and you know right up until the the filming of this so i guarantee whenever you're listening to this there's so much over there so go follow it Thank you all so much for listening, everyone. And we'll tune in with you all next week for the next episode of the My Generation podcast.